Hello and welcome everybody to the world's greatest podcast, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Woo! Yes, it is that time of the week where you get your little fix of me, Stan and Jim. How have you been, lads? Yeah, excellent. Uh, well, I think no, not excellent, it's locked down, isn't it? But alright, don't worry about me, Lou. Yeah. Worry about Stan. I'm always head worried down. about you. Head I'm down sorry. and crack on, stiff up a lip yeah. and all that. Head, headphones in, world up. up. Hashtag man up. Stan's going more grey by the day. I can see that beard. Bit of <laughs> salt and pepper in it. Yeah, as you said, that's a question. How are the trims getting on? Because mine's not great. Not very well. My, <laughs> my ears. <laughs> Cooked all as right with this. Mine's, mine's at the horrible in-between stage, where it's not quite long, but it's not quite short either. Cook suits it long anyway. It's a darkness, oh. I think. Um, <laughs> allegedly. You're just too damn cute. Welcome to the podcast, and this is where we're going to start. We're going to start at the start of this weekend, the early kickoff on the Saturday, half past 12, BT Sports. It was Leicester three, three Liverpool one. Yeah, free plug. There are other... Um, nah, there aren't any other available. BT is the best. Please sponsor us. No. Uh, yeah, so Liverpool obviously lost 3-1. They led for 11 minutes uh, before conceding three in seven minutes. But we won't speak too much about the game. You know, we'll we'll go into that. There are bigger problems at Liverpool that are appearing, should we say, at the, in this season. So they've had five losses in the last seven games, which includes going out of the FA Cup. So my question, pretty open question here, Cook, for you, is where do they go from here in terms of, you know, the rest of the season? What is a good season, just domestically, in terms of the league for Liverpool now? Is there any chance of them turning it around or is it a top four race from, from now? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm getting pissed off with all these pundits to go, just give City the title, it's over, it's not. It's it, As you've seen many times this season, anything can happen, so don't write anything off yet. I think it's just a, a stupid, naive statement that everyone keeps saying, Give like it's over, it's not over, shut the fuck up. There's loads still to play for, and for, but for Liverpool to even be in the conversation for that, they need to get Henderson back in midfield, they need to get Fabinho back in midfield, and stop dicking about with stuff at the back. I, I mean, the, they've tried it. Obviously, City got away with it, playing Fernandinho and Rodri there a couple of times last year. But it's just shown if you're doing it for any long period of time, you can chuck Fabinho back there, but he's not going to replace Van Dijk. And when you drop Henderson back there, you lose so much energy in the midfield with like him, Van Alden and, and Fabinho. And unfortunately for Curtis Jones, he's a good player, but he's not either of them players. So yeah, they need to do that if they're going to get back to to winning ways and back competing at the highest level. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, obviously losing Van Dijk was a huge blow. And I know that Liverpool have used it as an excuse with the centre-back injuries, but I do think that it was Van Dijk more than anybody that has had a huge knock-on effect to the rest of this team. A domino effect, you could say, where obviously, that, like you've already mentioned, Henderson has to go back into that midfield or you lose Fabinho, which means that your full-backs can't get as high, which means your forwards are more isolated. But Jim... <sighs> Do you have anything to say about Liverpool or Klopp's lack of adaptability with how, you know, because it's, I, I, I mean, I, you could say it was admirable at first that they just went, no, this is how we play, but the same mistakes are happening. The same weaknesses are still there. That lack of intensity with Thiago, who he keeps playing. Is it getting to the point now where it's stupidity rather than bravery? Uh, yeah, definitely. I definitely do think he um, deserves some flat free. I'm obviously... I won't go too much into it. I mean, he's, he's had stuff going on in his personal life, which can affect his 
his work. But like you said, at the start when you lose Van Dyke, you just got to hope that Matip and move for being your can drop in and you can get away with it. Then Gomez goes too and he gets a bit desperate. But I mean, that was that was like, ages ago. Them two were injured and Matip's been in and out of the squad. And yeah, obviously, it does have repercussions when a player so good like Van Dyke goes out injured. But I don't, I kind of feel like other managers would have got a lot of flack for this. Um, they just play, like, say, playing exactly the same. It's just cross and hope, and there's no. The get games is bypassing them at this point, and they have to change something. I mean, what what all City have done this season really well is change up the tactics by giving Gundogan some new role, which teams can't deal with. I mean, it's on managers like Klopp, who's a world class manager, to come up with a new a new plan, a new system, because this one's currently not working. I mean, on the weekend, he did drop Thiago, and unfortunately, Milner got injured, so we had to bring him back on. So maybe maybe that was what he was kind of thinking. He was thinking, yeah, yeah. Thiago's a world-class footballer, but we need Milner to run around in there, win the ball higher up like he was doing last season. And again, injuries have, have forced his hand. But I think lack of planning and definitely adaptability this season has, has been the downfall. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They've not. Um, they've definitely not changed this season. They haven't really changed over the last three seasons either. Cook. I mean, it's pretty much the same 11, 12, maybe thirteen players that have played for Liverpool over the last two or three seasons. Um, and they, they haven't refreshed the squad. And all they've brought Jota in, but and, and you know, there's some players that they brought in that you know to add to the depth that maybe aren't quite good enough for when those you know those key players drop out and. You know, Liverpool had issues, obviously, with the centre-back. Last summer, me and Jim have already mentioned it, and in January, obviously, they needed to do something, but they still didn't do anything until, well, the last day of the window when they brought in two centre-backs on, I think one for, was it three or four million and one on loan until the end of the season with an option to buy or something. Yeah, I mean, I know Klopp, what was, sorry, what I was going to say is, I know that Klopp has already said, he's well, he signed a contract in December 2019 to the end of 2024, and he's already said he won't be staying past that. How likely do you think it is that FSG will give Klopp, you know, the means to, to have a little rebuild and to rejig this team within the next, well, two, three years that he's got left? Do you think they will give him that chance? Which I think 100% think they should with what he's done for Liverpool since he's come in, completely changed that club from where they were when he came in. But how likely do you think it is that FSG will do that without maybe selling one of the key players? Yeah, well, the thing is, in, in my lifetime for... Well, definitely in the modern era of it, I've I've noticed that Liverpool have always sold the best players. For example, like Torres, uh, he was a big player at the time as well. Raul Morales at the, at the time for them, Suarez. They, they've always been kind of a, a selling club. Gerard was very close to going, as we very know, but very well know back in the day. Uh, but but now, obviously, the sorry, one more Coutinho. I even forgot about him. He went. Um, but now they've obviously brought in Allison for big money, Van Dyke for big money, and they're trying to keep hold of these prize assets more. Your Salas, I think the big one would be if he went, if he went. But just one closer to home that I think is going a bit under the ra- radar. They're gonna lose Vinaldum at the end of the year, who is such a massive player for them. And I think that a lot of players in that Liverpool team, we was on about it over the, at the weekend uh, with a few people, a lot of Liverpool players are coming to the end of a cycle, like Van Aldum's going to go, Milner's 35 or whatever he is, Origi's not good enough depth, Shaqiri's not good enough depth. So to answer your question, they should back him. However, I don't think they will because now they have spent some money. I think, especially with Corona, the fist will be a bit tighter. 
than it has in recent years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you spoke about some of the key players there, Jim. Uh, well, Cut mentioned it, but I'll come to you now. So Henderson's thirty. Van Dyke will probably, well, will be thirty by the you know by the time he kicks a ball again. Um, Salah, Firmino, Mane are all 28, 29. How much of an issue do you think that is in terms of maybe trying to rebuild with other clubs, knowing that you're kind of not in a position to negotiate with all these players coming and you know coming into the wrong end of the twenties? Yeah, Liverpool got to be. Got to be careful over the next few years because I mean, it's took them thirty years to win to win the league title, and I mean that's that's partly due to how the, the club is ran, um, the, the way they are. I mean, they're keeping finances really tight because they have to make money from what previous owners have done. That's why here anyway. Um, so yeah, they have to sell these players, and teams like aren't, aren't going to be sustainably at the top, and that's why Liverpool arrived in a situation now. And like Hook said, they should back club because they've got a, they've got one of the world's best managers and they've got one of the world's best teams. So they should take advantage of that and not lose it. But yeah, you're very right. I mean, the front three isn't getting a young driver. They're brilliant. But I think for the first time in three or four years, we're looking at what's life going to be like at Liverpool without Klopp. I think we're actually yeah. seriously questioning that. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, just coming up, speaking about the forwards, uh, I think it was Monday Night Football did... Um, they did a list of you know sides with the best you know forward pairings or threes, and most of them had only actually stayed together for two or three seasons before being refreshed or somebody moving on. If you think of your Suarez and Sturridge, your you know your Rooney, Ronaldo, Tevez, your Drogba, your Anelka, but this is now the fourth season with Liverpool having Mane, Firmino, and Salah in a, in a front three, and I think just naturally maybe teams will figure it out, or naturally you know they they will just you know, begin to slow down. But, you know, we've spoken about FSGV and Stingy Cook. Probably, like you said, they, they don't tend to buy big unless they sell big, which I think is, I do completely empathise with Liverpool in the position that they're in because United's owners are very similar where, you know, they're very, you know, it's a business. They don't want to go too much, don't want to put their hand in the pocket, which is a massive slap in the face considering what Klopp has done for them. And especially with the trophies that they've won, there's no way that they're short of cash even without winning those trophies because they're one of the biggest brands and football teams in the world, definitely in the country. So my question is, out of those key players that we mentioned that are maybe reaching the wrong end of the 20s, if they were to sell one of those for big money and use that money to, to go into the rest of the squad, who do you think is you know most likely to, to go? Most likely to go, I reckon it would be Salah. I think if Madrid, let's say, let's say worst comes to worst happens this season, Liverpool miss out on the top four and Real Madrid come knocking for Salah, you think he's going to stay? No chance. Not a chance. Okay. And, and, I th- and I think for Liverpool, I know in a lot of people's eyes, he is their best player, obviously, because he racks up so many goals. But if you were to sell him, it would be a similar scenario, I think, as the Coutinho one where, all right, he's our best player at this moment in time. But if we sell him, look look what we can do with the rest of it. Obviously, they brought in Alisson, they brought in Van Dyke to plug them holes. So I would 100% sell Salah just because I, th- I think he's the least crucial to them. I know that sounds really bad, obviously, the goals he scores, but I think losing Vinaldum is on par with losing Salah, especially for free. And if they were to lose Mane and Bobby as well... Um, I think it would hurt Liverpool more than than getting rid of Salah. I really do. No, I'd I'd have Salah as the most important out of the front three. Like definitely, I think he's the most consistent. He's the, he scores in the biggest games. I think Mane is world class football, but he can be inconsistent throughout the season. And Firmino is having one of his worst seasons. 
since he arrived at Liverpool. Uh, I think you've got yeah. to keep Salah. I mean, I, I, I did, I did know what you're thinking with Coutinho. I always thought Coutinho was a great player, but for the money he was getting offered, I don't think you could have passed up. But I, I would disagree with Salah. Yeah, I think I think either way it'd have to be one of those three, and it's probably only going to be one of the two wide men because I can't see anybody coming in for a hundred million, you know, to be able to give you that money to to refresh the squad for for Firmino. So I think it would have to be one of those three, just well on the basis that you get the most money for them, and it clearly yeah. needs refreshing because to be f- yeah, to, to be, I was trying to jump in. To be fair, if you were selling one of the front three, I think you'd only get the money for Salah. Yeah. I, know Mane I don't, really I don't good, think you get 100 million for Mane. I really don't. No, because yeah. of, of the age, and you, you definitely don't for, for Firmino. He, he fits in a Liverpool team, but I mean, put him up for a different team. Does it? Does he yeah. work that well? He's, He's very the old specialist as well. Yeah, and Sal, Salah's got that global brand. I feel like the other two haven't. I feel like he's the one who you would have to cash in on in fairness, but it'd be mm-hmm. such a loss. And I was just looking through the um, the transfer windows last two. Obviously, they had that one where when they won the title before that, and they brought in um, the seat. Well, no, actually, it was the season when they, they ran City close and they got like 97 points and didn't win. And they brought in Alisson and, uh, Alisson and Van Dijk, was it? Or Alisson and Fabinho in the same one. It was Van Dijk yeah, the season yeah. before. Van Dijk was a January before that. Yeah, yeah. that's so like that's two windows where they brought in three really good players who've just made them really much a better team. And after that, you look through it. So the season before they won the league, um, they signed... Vandenberg, who we've not seen, Minamino, who we've hardly seen, is on loan to the Saints, and then this summer, I think this summer's work has gone really wrong for Liverpool. It's just not been Liverpool-like where they get these like, like an Andy Robertson or like like a Mane almost, like someone who's not from a great team, like Firmino at Hoffenheim. They've got potential to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they bought that left back. I can't. I'm going to try and say his name, but we've not seen him yet. The Greek lad. The Damascus or whatever it is. Yeah, they got two yeah. two deadline day players, two centre backs when they could have got them in the start of January. It's just mm. it's just not a team that's run as well as the pool have been. Thiago, we know he doesn't fit. I don't think anyone was really scared. He's a world class player, but when he went to Liverpool, we all even thought that's a weird signing for Klopp to make unless he's yeah. changing his system massively and he hasn't. And then they spent forty million on Jota, who yeah, a great goal scoring season, but. I mean, come on. We he's, he's not a forty million pound player. No, he's no, not. I think a lot of them, Jim. Sorry, Stan. I was I was gonna say I think a lot of them, and you can give me your two pence on it after this, Stan. Uh, a lot Liverpool got a lot of Plan B signings. The main targets that they went for, they went for Werner. They, they obviously weren't going to pay the money. Lost out on him because obviously Chelsea bought him. Then got Jota. The same with the left back. They they had a fee agreed for Jamal Lewis. And then Norwich wanted some more money or something for compensation or whatever. He ended up going to Newcastle. They got Tamascus or Tamiscus, whatever his name is. <laughs> you know it's going wrong when Mike Ashley's uh, putting his exactly. hand in his pocket before exactly. I, I, I Honestly, I really think they're just, they're, they're going to really going to struggle if you don't spend. If you're not moving forward, you, you, you're going backwards in football, especially yeah. in the Premier League with the amount of money that's shelled out season after season. But... Don't know what you think, Stan. I think a lot of them are uh, secondary signings, literally. Yeah, I understand. I don't think any of them are progressive in terms of making the team better immediately. And I don't think any of the maybe Jota, you know, succession-wise, is he, you know, in two years, is he going to come into that starting eleven and be in there? Maybe, but will he be at the level of Mane and Salah? I mean, no, I, I don't know. He's not like he's dead young. I mean, he's twenty-four. Oh. So he's not. He's not. He's not old. 
he's 24, but I mean, he's, he's like in his prime years now, and obviously yeah. he's a good footballer, but I don't know. If they sign someone for the future, like, like I say, they sign Pedro Neto instead of Jota, you could kind of see, like, oh, yeah, he, yeah, when one of them goes, he could just fit in there. He'd be very good. And he'd be, yeah. and he'd be fourth choice as well, third or fourth choice. So he'd yeah, be but Jota, when one of them... When one of them front three goes and Jota steps in, it's a downgrade. No, definitely. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, yeah, I do agree. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely a downgrade. And I think Thiago coming in wasn't progressive. Uh, I, mean, I know they tried to transition the style, but it's gone completely wrong. Maybe it would have worked with Van Dyke being in there, but they just lack intensity totally. But as Jim said, with those transfers, FSG don't really like spending without having that money in there. That. Van Dyke, Allison, kind of, you know, those two were they both 70, 80 million or something like that. Six, it was mm. one sixty and one ninety or yeah. something like that. That yeah. was pretty much the Coutinho money. They got hundred, and then maybe even a little bit of the Sterling money, and maybe even a little bit left of the Suarez money. I don't know how much they spent, but they don't really like spending unless they bring anybody in, which kind of is why I asked the question of who are they going to sell to be able to start this rebuild because it doesn't look like FSG are going to put the run in the pocket and trying to be completely neutral which is difficult, but trying to be completely neutral. I do empathise yeah. with Liverpool fans and I do feel really sorry for Klopp that he has come in, built this team, finished on 97 points one season, which wasn't enough to win the league, but then still go and win the Champions League. And then the next season, go and get you know two more points and win, win it by 99 points. Yeah. And now the team is starting to stutter and needs refreshing. The kind of, you know... Yeah, like what, 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 what more can pocket. Klopp do at what this more, point? What, yeah, what more can he do? What more could he have done to prove yeah. himself? No, there was it, always going to become a point after the... F- f- I mean, he's been there since 2015. There was always going to be a point in the cycle where he needs to start refreshing and it doesn't look like FSG are going to start doing it without selling anybody. And you can say, you know, what happened in January because they, they needed a centre-back from January the 1st and it took him to the last day. That's what they did. They, they panic-bought in January and just last last thing on Liverpool just because I feel like we've, we've, we've said our piece on them now, but, yeah. but I, f- I feel like... If if seriously they left it till deadline day, which was naive in itself, because like you just said, then they've had the whole window and they would have been preparing in the months leading up to the window. And if they don't put their hand in the pocket, it's going to be another thirty years before they win the league. Yes, ladies and gents, it is that time of the week. It is the bet of the week. And I have got a lovely little 4 4 for you. It's because it's Valentine's Day last weekend. You spent a lot of money on your pig this weekend. So I'm going to try and try and win you some money back so you can break even for the month. So I've gone for Chelsea to win away at Southampton. I've gone for Burnley West Brom under 2.5 goals. I've gone for Liverpool versus Everton. I've gone Liverpool to nil and I've gone Fulham at home to Chef. So just to recap, I've got Chelsea to win away at Saints, Burnley West Brom under 2.5, Liverpool at home to Everton, but I've got the pool to nil and Fulham to win at home to Sheffield United. And Stan, what can the punters do with that information? They can show it up the rackers. Hey, Glenn, you remember that game against Fulham? That's all I gave, man. We're going straight straight over to Craven Cottage, where Fulham beat Everton 2-0 this weekend and absolutely deserved the three points cup. So my question is, we'll go straight into it because we know the situation that Fulham are in. I'll ask both of you, actually. You can both give me your opinions on this. Okay. Out of the bottom three, are Fulham the most likely survive. Jim, you go first. I go first. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think they're likely to survive because there's, there's a bit of a gap there. What is it, seven points? Is that what it is? Yeah, seven points from safety, yeah. But with the way Sheffield United have been playing and the way they're playing tonight, I was recording 2-0 down to West Ham. Um, and it's the other team, West Brom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's, you've got to say it's Fulham because they, they lack a bit of substance in the fact that they don't take as many chances as they should and maybe they're a bit weak and they don't get their wins when they and they get draws when they should get wins. But they play some great stuff. So, yeah, yeah I've got to say Fulham, if, if a team was to surprise us and put in like a, a Sunderland-esque back-of-the-season run, I would I would go with Fulham. Yeah, I think Parker's done a good job this season. Nice little Sunderland reference there, Jim, because ex-Sunderland man Josh Josh Madger was at the double this weekend for Fulham. Uh, a lad who actually, surprisingly, I, I knew who he was before this game. I don't know about you, man, because... Uh, I don't know if you noticed. I, I do watch the French League from time to time and he was very good for Bordeaux last season, I remember. And that was his Premier League debut at the weekend and he scored two. And I just thought, fucking hell. Like, he is, he is only 22 and he was he was pulling up trees. He started at Man City's Academy, I believe, uh, Josh Madger. So he, he's got pedigree. And I think Scotty P's got himself a nice little ace in the hole there. He's got him and Deckard over Reed. I know Mitrovic is like obviously a championship player at this point, but he's got coronavirus. But seriously, he's third choice for me, Mitro at Fulham. But I hope they stay up because there's, there's teams I hate a lot more than Fulham that are going to stay up. Or well, not even hate, just that I don't consider like OG Prem teams because I do consider yeah. Fulham one of the OGs with uh, Brian McBride, Thomas Rosinski. Um, trying to think of more old. Johnson, Fulham Lewis Bormorte. Yeah, Lewis Bormorte. Yeah, See, see what I mean? Everyone, everyone likes Fulham, but yeah, I'd sooner see a, a Brighton go down than a Fulham. No. So yeah, I hope they stay up. They, they have got the best form out of that bottom three. They've only lost one of the last five. And uh, as we've spoken about in better the week, they've got Sheffield and Burnley as the next two games. So, you know, they six really pointers. are. They really are six pointers at this stage of the season. So, you know, let's... Let's watch out with them. But I don't know about you, Jim, but what I've been really impressed with Fulham this season, and particularly Parker, is how they started the season. He's kind of looked at what was going wrong. They were leaking a lot of goals, brought in a complete new back three in the, the A-team, as they call them, Adaribayo, Ainer and uh, Anderson. And uh, yeah, they've completely changed. So And Ariola in the in goal. <laughs> and Ariola, yeah. Wow. They've got, got loads of them. Um, the four A's. So the question I've got for you both again is, has Scott Parker proved himself even if Fulham do get relegated? As in, do you think a Premier League club could come and uh, sweep in for him at the end of the um, season? Yeah, definitely. I, even if a Premier League club doesn't come in for him and he stays at Fulham and gets him promoted next season, I think he's had such a good, tough job this year, like you just said. like Four, you're starting back five, just being completely new. And I'm sure the season had started before most of you even came in. So, yeah. and and. and I remember the start of the season, did they play Arsenal on the opening day? First day, and yeah, they, three, and they, they just look, you watch that game and you thought, oh, they're down, aren't they? They yeah. are in trouble because mm-hmm. Arsenal weren't even great and they just ran over them. Um, but I th- think, like we said, they play some nice stuff. Um, I'm happy for Tosin, he's having a good season. And he's come from City, he was on one at Blackburn last year. And he, he, there were some clips from last year saying we should recall him because he looks quite good. And yesterday I was pretty impressed with him. Um and the defence, actually, is probably one of the strongest parts of that side. I, just, I think you'll lack a goal scorer. Hopefully, this manager is is that kind of player because Mitrovic, we all thought Mitrovic would be that man and he just hasn't really done anything this season. Um, a player I like for him is, is Zambo... I'm going to butcher this name. Yeah, Zambo yeah. Is it Zambo Anguista? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I really like him. I, I think he could be a player that, if they do go down, teams should look at. I think if even if, like you said, then if if Fulham get relegated, I think you can, you can forgive him because of what he did the year before. They weren't even supposed to get promoted. Brentford were by far the better team in the Championship last year than than Fulham, and they they kind of scruffed it in the playoff final. But like. <sighs> you've sorted it out. You've addressed a lot of the issues really in a short space of time. Like the keeper keeps them in games. Like, and that's obviously when you're down there, Burnley have Pope, West Brom have Johnson to, to an extent. He is a good goalkeeper, but you need, that's half the battle. Kenny Tete is good. Ola Aina's good. Josh Madger on his debut scored twice. They've got, they've got good players for them. I do hope they stay up because I like Parker and I think he tries to play football as well. Instead of just putting everyone behind the ball, he does try. Stuff. Yeah, they remind me. They remind me of um, Norwich last season. Maybe Norwich were a bit more um, expansive, but very good football. But I just we all knew they were just a bit too soft, and they would go down eventually. Um, but like like what Hassan Hull's doing at Norwich, he, he stayed there, and I'm pretty sure they're in like contention for the automatic promotions anyway. And that could be the same with Parker at Fulham because he's very early on into his managerial career anyway. It's yeah. not like he needs that big step up just yet. Um, I'd say even if they do go down. Stay at Fulham, and you 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 proved to me anyway, and proved to a lot of people probably that you're you're a capable manager. And let's be honest yeah. as well, he looks good in a suit, doesn't he? He dresses up every week, Scotty P. Whew, yeah, could easy be an ASOS model. <laughs> easy, comfortably, comfortably. Easy. Maybe, maybe even River Island if they wanted to splash out. But Fulham are definitely one of the OGs, and yeah, Parker is impressing people with his adaptability so far this season, with how quickly, you know, he's he's. He's turned full. Well, I wouldn't say turn Fulham season around, but they definitely look stronger than they were, like Jim said, on that opening day. And I think if any of that bottom three are going to stay up, it will be them. Hello. <laughs> He's back. I've been, <laughs> been self isolating on the advice of my general practitioner. But I'm back now. The numbers are coming down. And I'm here to ask you a question because it's been a while. So my question to you two dossers is, what are the top five fastest Premier League hat-tricks? Who scored them? Just who scored them? Yeah. Oh. All right, we can top come on. five. We can get this done. If you do it dead quick, I want the minutes. Money. Yeah. As, it, as in fastest from the game starting or like in between first and last? From the first goal to the third goal. Oh, right, okay. Ma- Mane scored a quick one. Fowler scored a quick one. That's the fastest one. That's the second fastest one. Aguero Jim's scored a fast one. very fast. That's the fifth fastest one. What the hell? Did Owen Jim's... score a fast one? No. Oh. That's the first one wrong. You got too cocky. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, I'm gonna say Suarez, but he's, he's got a few hatties, didn't he? <laughs> no, but you need to say self isolate again. You fact, you fact bastard. <laughs> Showing you know, symptoms. My, you know, it's my fucking voice. You got Showing two dosses left. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jim, think go to your mind palace. I'm, I'm going. I, right. I've done all right. Yeah, I got three. Oh, sharing them. No, you've got three minutes. I'm timing your dosses. <gasps> All right, Shearer. No. All right. Who else is Theo Walcott? 
No. Don't know why I, I thought he got a fast he got, I think he got a Champions League hat trick pretty quick, but he wasn't a Premier League one. Yeah, there's something in the, something in the back of my mind, Cook. Let me say his name. You've got Mane, who's the quickest. Was Van Persie? And Aguero's the fifth. No. No. Oh, I thought he scored a quick one against like Chelsea or something. Think logically. I high scoring games. Well, one of them's an high scoring game. Oh, Defoe. Right. Defoe. Jermaine Defoe against Wigan. Scored five. Right. R- three, really? of them were, three of them were very quick. No. No, against Arsenal. Try no. to think of Hatties. Hatties. That was first half, second half. Can we have year? 2008. Oh, against God. Man City. Against Man City? Yes. That lad Jeez. from West Brom? No, not West Brom, Middlesbrough. That yeah. Brazilian folk. Oh, no. Alfonso Alves. <laughs> no. 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 Another man's going hatty against City. That's just disrespectful. He is John Carew. No, but you're getting Gabby Ogbonaho. Yeah, legend. They're the top yeah. five dossers. Oh, Bob's melted. Oh, I've got to self-isolate. <laughs> This is the champions. That's the best I can do. That's the best I can do. But everyone knows that for the music. Alaskans, people who have never even seen the internet, know the Champions League theme tune. And we're just going to talk about a few of the games because it is back, baby. It's back when the pod comes out Tuesday. It's back today if you're listening to it on release day. And we have got some mouth-watering clashes. I'm going to start first and foremost, lads. Who, who I'm going to go to Stan first. Who do we think is going to win it? Stan doesn't oh, have a horse in this race. I don't even know who's still left in it. I know that we're not. Um, fuck me. Uh, what? United are not in it? <laughs> no, fortunately not. No, All right, I'll run, I'll run through the fixtures then. We've got Barca v PSG. Lazio v Bayern Munich, Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Manchester City, Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea, RB Leipzig versus Liverpool, Porto versus Juventus, Sevilla versus Dortmund, and Atalanta versus Real Madrid. Fucking hell. Um, it's not a nice selection, that is it. The team I'd most like to win it out of them is probably Atletico Madrid. Fuck off, Stan. They're having, a, Man City, then. they're having a good domestic season as well, uh, so maybe they can afford to take the foot off the gas in a lead if they get, you know, towards the latter stages. So, well, yeah, I'd quite like them to win it. I think Simeone's lost a couple, so it'd be nice for him to go and win one. Third time lucky for Simeone, maybe, according yeah. to Stan. Jim, you do have a horse in this race. Are your boys finally going to win it, the one with the big ears? Yes. You've got Gladbach, you've got a piss-easy tie, which, obviously, shock. City always seems to get the piss-easy ties, up until a point. Don't, know you're talking, well, don't look mate. at me like that. Don't look yeah, at me we, like that. We play, play Gladbach every fucking year. They're a good side. <laughs> They're yeah. a bloody good side. We'll beat them, and we'll beat PSG in final on the El Petrolio. That's <laughs> how football is meant to be played. It's a beautiful game. <laughs> but... In all seriousness, Barca played PSG. Obviously, it was a great game last time they, they met each other. Neymar was up to his old tricks. I personally think PSG are going to do Barca. I don't know about you, men, but I, I think they'll batter him. Uh, I don't think they'll batter him. I think I'd say they're the favourites just because of how inconsistent Barca have been. Uh, and it looks as if, you know, 
if Messi doesn't kind of drag them through it. I know Griezmann stepped up this year and they've got Trincao and somebody else whose name escapes me that, you know, have done well. But I know Neymar's out as well. Uh, no comment on that one. But you'd expect Mbappe and, and the others to, allegedly. to get through against this pretty weak, you know, Barca side. I'd, I'd, I'd probably 3-2 on aggregate, I'll say, prediction. I think Pochettino coming in, Jim, is obviously a massive pull for PSG. And obviously, they're putting all their eggs in one basket. Bit of Love Island chat. On Pochettino, they've coupled up with Pochettino. They're going on the first date. And the first date just seems to be Barcelona. But as an ex-Espanol man, Pochettino will be looking forward to this. Yeah, he will. That's what he, that's what he came for. This is all eyes on Pochettino now. I mean, he should, should be winning Liga, even though... I don't think he's top, is he, anymore, at the no, minute? I don't, think, I don't think so. Leon, no, Leon probably, are top. He'll probably, he'll probably get top at one stage. But, yeah, all eyes are on Porch, and he has to, um, especially without Neymar, we'll have to show that his superior tactics can blow past a vulnerable Barcelona. Yeah, we'll have to see. And what we are going to do this week, we're going to do some predictions. We're going to work out a forfeit for who has the shittest predictions. We're going to tally them up. So, Jim, I'm going to start off with you. Barca, PSG, who's going through over two legs? PSG? No, Barca. Barca. Okay. Stan? PSG. And I'm going to go for Pai with Sam. Uh, Sam? Stan? Sorry. (laughs) Don't know who he is, but go with him if you want. (laughs) Slow down, are you going there? Uh, no comment. Um, <laughs> so, second side, we've got Lazio, Bayern Munich. I'm going to start off with a, a Bayern. A Bayern are going to go through it. Let's be honest. Yeah, come, come probably by about three goals over the two legs, at least, I'd say. Yeah. Lazio yeah. aren't going through it. No. <laughs> no, they're not. Besides <laughs> um, uh, uh, that, no comment. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, Bayern. What? In all fairness to Bayern, they've done some good business of late. They signed up Meccano, so... Those yep. links can stop the Bayern doing the summer business in well, Max February. Not Max yeah. Aaron's as well. I reckon the Bundesliga one. will win this tie. Three goals to zero. Yeah, the rest of the Bundesliga. Sticking in the Bundesliga, Gladbach versus City, Jim. I wonder who oh, you're going to pick. The wonderful boys in blue. Pep's <laughs> lovely man. I mean, Stan. Is, are they two legs? He is not particularly yeah. for this game, yeah. but are they two legs? Yeah, we're going to go out on away goals playing in like Switzerland or something. That'll be funny. <laughs> Straight onto the Alps. Uh, City. City will go through that one. Yeah, I think City through as well. This is where it gets a bit interesting. Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea. Obviously, everyone knows what I'm going to say. So, oh, Fucking hell, that's an hard one. It's a tough game, I isn't think, it? I think, I think Atleti, I think the players have the know-how slightly over... They've got more bastards. I'll agree with you there. They've got more bastards, which is a surprise for Chelsea because they love a bastard over the years. So I'm yeah. going we love Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, Jim, obviously I'm, obviously I'm going to join you there. Chelsea Tuchel Football Ball. Club. He'll get it right. He's coming at the right time to you. So get... I've got five weeks then. We'll have to get a nice graphic of these, Cook, and just you know see see how it's laid out so we can assess them. Definitely. Okay, sticking, in, sticking with... English sides, we've got Liverpool versus Leipzig. I'm going for the Redman. Nagelsmann versus Klopp, Jim. Who you got? Oh, I don't know, you know. Could be a dodgy one. Did they beat United? They played United, didn't they, Leipzig? Yeah, but they also yeah. got pumped by United. So yeah, it but they beat them, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they, they did. One last one, yeah. Three, three, two, and five now. So. I don't. I'm scared. This is a tough oh, one, Jim, Come on, get off that. All right. Bad. All right. Leipzig. I've said it. 
I oh, I think shit. I think Leipzig as well. Only conceded eight, 18 in the Bundesliga this year. And uh, yeah, I think they'll have too much for this wounded Liverpool side, should we say. Think it'll Jeez. think it'll be tight. Think it'll be tight, maybe another you know, a goal difference over the two legs, but I do think they'll uh, I think they'll do them, yeah. Too yeah, much energy. Stan, too much Stan energy for that Thiago Ram midfield. Very true. Stan and Jim sticking with the coverage from when we did cover that's the way the Bundesliga crumbles in the, during the first lockdown. So they're putting that <laughs> Bundesliga knowledge to the test. But what an episode. But we're going to Portugal next, Jim. Porto versus Juve. Yeah. Oh, Ronaldo back in Portugal. Oh, actually, won't go be the way, fuck's sake. Yeah, Juve. No, actually. Oh, yeah, Juve, because Porto, Porto, Porto are pretty dead. So, Juve. Yeah. This is the worst tie going, I'll be honest. Yeah. 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 This is the shitter. You do, I'll just go with Juve, but it wouldn't. I, I don't rate them at all. So it they played us poor when it was cack. But well, Juve have been cack this year too. Yeah. Wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if Porto did him, to be honest. It really no, Ronaldo was. in the Champions League can't back against him. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, no, I'll go with Juve, but I don't like Jim says I won't be watching that one. No, fuck that. You don't even you don't even put that one on for background noise. It's that bad. Do, do you go and cook? I'm gonna go for you there. I feel like it's it's the obvious choice, but but like you said, Porto is shit. They are the dead, yeah. the dead Porto. But two last ties now of the competition are to get, <clears throat> excuse me, to get the last sixteen going. We've got Sevilla v Dortmund. Sevilla were of course in Chelsea's Champions League group and are a good side. They are a good side. But I'm going to go with <laughs> Dortmund just because I feel they've got more firepower. Haaland, Sancho, Reiner, they've, they've, got, they've got the depth. And Sevilla, I, f- I feel like, have the tactical know-how with um, the ex-Spain manager, Lopetegui. But I feel like Dortmund stand just maybe got a bit too much. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's tighter than a lot of people might think, to be honest. I don't think there's a lot in it. And I know, obviously, Sevilla have that European pedigree with, well, particularly in the Europa League, maybe not in the Champions League. But uh, I think Sevilla will, will do them over two legs. I do. I think they're a yeah. very, very good side. I think I'm, they'll, I'm, they'll, they'll do it. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think, it wouldn't surprise me if it went both both ways, either way. But I'll stick my neck on the line and say, I think Sevilla will do them over two legs. I do because Dortmund are struggling as well domestically outside that top four. And like you said, Sevilla playing some, you know, some very good football this year. Yeah. And, and to link the whole thing together, I did actually see that the Gladbach manager has chose to accept the Dortmund job at the end of the season. So yeah, that's why I'm on Sevilla. Unstable yeah. grounds in Dortmund. Unstable grounds in Dortmund. You heard it here first. <clears throat> and last, but by no means least, Stan. Atalanta versus Real Madrid. Atalanta who can't stop scoring and Real Madrid who look kind of on the ropes. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, really, that shouldn't be a question, should it? It should be very similar to, to Bayern against but, um, against whoever they were playing. Probably expect some two or three goals, but it's Madrid team, nothing close to what it used to be. It's probably a lot of issues there, actually. So, I, I yeah, I think Atalanta might pile on the misery and knock them out. Go with them. I'll go with the yeah. boys from Bergamo. Last, last season, I, I'd have gone out Atlanta, but I mean, oh, Papa, no. Gomez has, Papa Gomez has left the ship and so have I. So I'll go Madrid. Oh, I thought I could gamble on Jim going out Atlanta there. I really thought. I would have done last year. But fuck Real Madrid. I'm going for Atalanta with Stan. Come on, the boys. And if Chelsea don't win it, well, let's say they don't win it because they probably will. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if they don't win it, I want Atalanta to win it. Fair enough. Up the underdogs. 
Okay, guys, welcome back to the dying embers of the show. But we're still alive here very well and good and kicking. And we're on 11 ball. And if you watch, listen to the last three weeks, which you definitely <coughs> have, Stan has got, took a 2 1 lead after Cook rested all his laurels on Vincent Company not getting an injury. Him and Silly. his knees. Silly. Sorry. So. We have just spoke about the Champions League, give our predictions there, and hopefully you can give us yours. Um, I was thinking earlier, what are the most memorable last 16 games? Oh, I thought of when I went watching City versus Monaco. That was a big game, 5-3. But you mentioned it cut before, Barcelona 6, Paris Saint-Germain 1 was a huge game. Surely we all remember this one. Yes. And obviously, I'm not going to go with the Barca team. We all know who plays for them. So, I'm expecting 11 out of 11. I told you this before. Um, all well-known players of European pedigree. And I believe it's time to go first. The Paris Saint-Germain team that bottled <laughs> the last 16. So, here we go. Um, Cavani. Cavani, helps up. Now United, man. He's there. Now United, man. I'm going to go with Marco Verratti. He was in midfield. He's there. One each. Fucking hell. Why can't I remember anybody that played for these? Um, Thiago Silva. Again, risky. Similar to company. But is he there? Uh, oh, no, he was there. And now Chelsea, man. He was there at the back. I'm going to go live on Kazawa. He was there on the left. Two weeks. This is the fast. Oh, this, is, this is a lightweight affair. Oh, right. Um, pressure's on you, boy. PSG. Fuck me. What year was this? Can can you tell me that? 2016, I believe. Oh, there you go. Uh, Angel, Di Maria. He weren't there, no. He didn't start the match. No, no, I believe he was on the bench, but um, no, no Di Maria in this one. So, Sam's got one life left. Cook, can you keep on this fast pace? Oh, God, this one's a bit of a risk now. Thiago Motta. I like him. I like him a lot, but they didn't like him on the night. Cook. No, it's one no! again. And we're up to a sudden death scenario. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of like FIFA cards that have PSG on them. I believe we've got seven left. So come on, guys. This very expensive pair. Can't think who the keeper was before. Um, no, I else. know the keeper. I've got that one for the next one. Oh, you little dos. Um. A risk again, but I'm going to go with his Brazilian mate in Marquinhos, Thiago Silva, Marquinhos. Yeah, very good shout. He was there at the back with Thiago Silva. 3-2, Cook. Go right or go home. Salvatore Sirigu. Was he? Your best, was he... You best ring your dad because you're going home, sir. <laughs> <laughs> wait, who, wait, who was the keeper? Who, Hold on. Who was the keeper it, between Sirigu oh, and... Areola? No? No. Who were they a bit? Kevin Trapp. Oh, fucking oh, hell. fucking hell. Fuck him. Who's asked about it? Who's asked about Kevin Trout? Okay, so quick run down there, Stan. As took a 3-1 lead now. It's a big Fuck. lead. Not many teams in the NBA come back from that a 3-1 lead. Best that was ever. a big risk. Big risk, that's Sarigu. Big risk. It was. I mean, you had some good players there. You had, obviously, you missed Kevin uh, Trapp. Um, Thomas Munier at right back. Oh. I, I thought we'd have got him. I thought we'd have got um, Blaise Matuidi and um, Rabio oh, in midfield. Yeah. And then on the wings was Julian Draxler. And now Spurs man Lucas Moore. All right. I wouldn't have risked Draxler because he's hardly played, really, has he? 
I knew Cavani because Cavani scored, didn't he? Was it? Did he make it four? Yeah, one? he. That's what I thought. It was definitely it, over. Yeah, Kevin oh, Jones scored two or three or something. There we go, guys. Stan wins. Great, go. great quizzing. Just as episode 94 winds down, uh, I've just been pumped by Stan at 11 then. I'm 3 uh-huh. 1 down. But I'll let Stan bull him. I will. I'll come back. But just so you have your little fix of us when we're not around, I need to tell you where you can find us when we're not around. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Cookie Podcast One. That's at Cookie Podcast, followed by the numerical one. If you go onto our socials now, click the link in our bio. We have all the links for our YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcast, everywhere you can listen to the pod, no matter what device you are on. So it's been lovely listening to you lads this week, but that's the way the cookie crumbles, baby. Do this.